Man, that was a fun multiverse adventure. I'm glad you finally convinced me to watch everything everywhere all at once. I told you. It's just so lovely and weird and emotional. Also, how good was the rock scene? This scene was so good. Even the bit of humor of language. That bit with Raticuni really took me out. Uh, you had a bit of an Evelyn moment there. It's Raticuni. Oh, oops. Uh, sorry. But I really didn't expect that to happen. It, it took me off guard. Same. I can't believe they actually got Randy Newman. Anyway, I, I think we need to talk about the series we watched this month. Oh yeah, Endless Love! Hi, I'm Nakamura, voiced by another Nakamura, Sid. And I have a spy made of Pez, Ashley. And this is Ranger's Plane, where Sid, enthusiastic lifelong Ranger, Power Rangers fan, takes Ashley, reluctant new fan, through the world of Power Rangers and Power Rangers accessories. This month, we're covering another Japanese live action with uh, the recent news series, uh, Endless Love. Well, what, what is Endless Love all about? Uh, Nishikawa rules the war with an iron fist. As he sets his sights on the multiverse, the time goddess realizes she must choose a hero that can stand up to him. Deciding on some pretty boy with a blue coat, she gives Shota Aoi the power of Endless. With the help of some resistance fighters, Endless sets out to save the multiverse. Uh, yeah, this was this was kind of an interesting, uh, I guess, like, tribute to Common Writer they did. Yeah. Yeah, using, using like, idols. That was a very interesting touch, I guess, is using, like, idols like Shoto, um, Aoi, and uh, TM Revolution himself, Nishikawa. Yeah, I, I found it interesting that they kind of had Shoto playing, like, a fictionalized version of himself, like, both as, like, the good version of himself and the evil version of himself. Yeah, that was that was kind of uh, that was a very good decision because I, I feel like that showed off a lot of his chops as an actor, especially a comedy actor. He was so good. Oh yeah, like there are some parts that had me legitimately laughing like the entire time, which I don't expect because it's like, you know, sometimes these shows can be kind of cheesy, like not on purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I think there was some legitimately legitimately good comedy happening here as well. Yeah. I, I bet Gax fuming because you know he he was a part of Common Rider Decayed in some ways. Like he did the theme. I think he played Rider Man, so I guess he was fuming. He wasn't tapped. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's just get on to our heroes. Um, Shoto Aoi uh, plays himself uh, actually in this, um, and he's he's the hero endless. Uh, like a lot of kind of Common Riders, he was he's like an orphan. They're almost always orphans, and uh, he. Kind of does kind of keep on the bright side of life, you know, think Godai, he's sunny disposition and everything, even when given the powers by the time goddess. Yeah, it's kind of interesting about, like, how often he seems to be, like, sometimes it would be a little too perky, <laughs> like, oh, to yeah. be honest, <laughs> like, there's some scenes where he's, like, on the edge of death and he's still, like, I think, he, I don't know if he was cracking jokes, like, in the face of death or he was just completely oblivious. Yeah, it was just kind of it, was, it kind of took a bit a bit out of that sometimes, but but I really do get what they're they were trying to like pull like a goat eye, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like even if the powers are corrupting him, you know, he's still 
got that sunny disposition. Um, uh, the, the, it was kind of interesting, though. The powers did also kind of separate his body. That's why there's mm-hmm. that evil version. And he, he goes through the crisis when he finds out. That, w- that was actually very interesting. Like, you had no idea about this other, you know, uh, Shota for ages. And all of a sudden he shows up and it, it you know... Yeah, like, they, time. they drew this out for, like, most of the series, didn't they? Oh, yeah, it took till, like, episode 30 for this reveal to happen. And then he spends, like, nearly, like, an episode and a half in, like, crisis about it. Yeah, like, just, just totally bummed, like, oh my god, how can this, how could, you know, a bad self of me exist in everything? And, you know, and, and, you know, he then picks it right back up, you know, like, hey, I got to keep going. You know, he meets a lot of kids that kind of do that because there was also that bit at the end where, like, he's down because he lost his powers and some kid just hands him a watch. So it's always like, because right then and there, it was just a kid being like, well, you're still you. And he's like, aha, you know? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Cutie Honey the Live episode with the homeless people when she found out, like, she was a robot and, like, didn't actually have, like, rights or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, she wants to be considered on the same level as humans, and, like, she's down for, like, a whole episode about it, but then rallying with these homeless people is kind of what brings her back into herself. Yeah. So it's always fun when they, they add little sh- touches like that. Uh, they, they kind of have the, the time goddess. This This is kind of weird, because she just kind of... She's very mysterious. I don't think they ever really explained much about her and her powers other than she's, like, the time goddess. Yeah, I didn't quite get how she would split off, like, the like the mooks from her. Like, they never quite explained that. They kind of just keep rolling with it and expect you to roll along with it. Yeah, it's one of those, like, you can kind of roll along with plot holes sometimes like that, but sometimes it's just too noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, she uh, basically from what I did get, she she seems like she's in charge of like not only all time, but all like the multiverses. And, you know, there there's kind of that whole thing where she is at war with Nishikawa. Mm-hmm. And uh, though it's kind of a bit of an Ouroboros that because she chose her warrior to go against Nishikawa, it's what caused Nishikawa to become evil in the first place. Uh, I, you know, she's kind of like, I guess, a good version of Kronika from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Though, like, not played by Katie Sackoff, or was it Trisha Health? No, it was Katie Sackoff, sorry. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, Kronika in that one, she's just more obsessed with finding the perfect timeline, and, like, Raiden keeps fucking it up. So, like... Fucking, fucking Raiden. He always fucks everything up. Yeah, I mean, true. Like, what is it that Brian David Gilbert said about him, is that he's, like, always got a galaxy brain take on everything, and he's got lightning arcing off of his body. <laughs> Yeah, that's him. So, yeah, I guess Nishikawa's not quite Raiden in this situation, but he is fucking everything up. He He's fucking everything up, you know, and, and you know, it didn't help that, you know, he did take, uh, she did take uh, his protege away for this purpose. So it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just been, a, it was kind of interesting to also, like, find that out, too. Uh, then we have, like, Nakamura from the Resistance timeline, mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of find out his entire family was just wiped out by Nishikawa, and you know, he hopes to reunite with his fiance, and he just kind of holds off on her her necklace that uh, one day will be reunited. And it's just kind of interesting, because he's introduced, um, we'll get to him later, before the other Nakamura in this mm-hmm. time, uh, in this series, who's kind of more of a villain until, like, towards the end. Yeah, though, like, 
I will say, it does kind of, like, I felt a little hollow by the fact that they never really, like, they dropped off the whole fiancé storyline, like, at the end of the series. Yeah, it was just kind of like, does he does he ever find her again? He seems more chummy with his actual, like, you know, other self from another timeline. <laughs> yeah, does he just decide, like... I mean, is 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 this just turning into clone fucking now? I don't I don't know what's happening. <laughs> is the the ever ranger splain thing is clone fucking going to happen here? Right. <laughs> and it, it was so funny because he starts off so gruff at first, like, oh man, like who is this asshole in my timeline right now? Uh, but he he really does turn through, and um, he ends up having that really great arc with the other Nakamura about like you know. You know, basically that Terminator thing of no faith, but what you can make for yourself. Right. Yeah. Like, though, I don't know if I would trust anybody in this, like, show to really fight Skynet. Oh, no, no. If we had a tier system of who would fight Skynet, uh, the main hero, uh, Shota, or as Endless, would be at the very bottom, I think, yeah. to fight Skynet. Yeah, no, um, I... I, I feel like he tried to make friends with the computer before, like, I don't know, it get, falls in, like, an Arnold Terminator to, like, shoot him in the head or something. Yeah, like, like I don't, he might be able to perk up John or something and get John away from his parental issues. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, which brings us kind of to, to our, uh, you know, villain for most of the time was uh, Nakamura from, like, the timeline Ishikawa's from, which... Yeah, we kind of labeled the time patrol timeline. Um, he also had his family uh, wiped out early, but because he was raised by Nishikawa, like, he just ends up being Nishikawa's second in command instead of, you know, the Nakamura from the Resistance timeline who never got raised. It's kind of one of those, like, tapestry moments where, like, one thing changed, so everything changed in this guy's timeline. Right. So, like, yeah, like Tapestry or Everything Everywhere All at Once or the latest Fallout Boy video. Yeah, the latest Fallout Boy album. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, this is this is Pete getting his leg injured and then becoming the Flash, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but, and so he's still kind of that focused, but he's, like, almost super laser focused. And he's he's tasked to bring in Shota. Like, you're tasked to bring in this guy. And he he tries and he fails a lot. Um, and a couple times he comes through and, you know, because of that, like, Nishikawa starts getting super mad at him. So, uh, eventually, when he meets up with another Nakamura, uh, he is, uh, he, he gets, it's a couple of arcs, but he eventually is convinced to become that double agent that they need inside. Yeah, and which, again, if I'm not supposed to ship these two because they're technically the same person... Then why do they make them so chummy with each other? Like once they like like once the other Nakamura is convinced to come to the same side. Yeah, like I I want these Nakamuras to kiss. Yeah, know? especially since like Resistance Nakamura is already clearly forgetting his fiance the second he meets like th this other new Nakamura. <laughs> yeah, like I would not be surprised if there's like five million Dojin of these two. There has to be, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, we'll just uh, go on PixVid and, like, find all the fan art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, damn. Uh, so he just ends up, like, spying for Nishikawa, kind of doing more of a, like, a malicious compliance on things. Until he is just finally expelled, like, you failed me for the last time, and throws him out. Oh, man, what I'm worried is gonna happen to, like, Skull and, um, Shattered Grid. Nobody spoil that for me! 
Yeah, no, nobody. I am so waiting for Skull to die in Shattered Grid, and I'm going to cry my eyes out. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing about Skull possibly dying, just more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there's Skull alive in other timelines, though. It's so. fine. It's literally fine. It's um, so now we have uh, Shoto Aoi in, the, in that timeline, because he's the one that's like the evil one. And uh, it's like he's got a scar and everything, so that's now you know he's evil and red yeah. eyes and red eyes. The red eyes and are red important, eyes. yeah. And uh, you find out a lot more through him that he really was like Nishikawa's bright pop star protege. Like, you're gonna be the next big thing, you know. Um, and because of the power of Endless, though, he, he gets that split, like, he ends up splitting apart. And, and so, like, the sadness, which just, he looks cool, like you mentioned, but he just kind of comes off angsty and weird. Yeah, like, and it also just brings me back to, like, the jokes we'll make about, like, escape Johnny's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, this is, like, the most dark-sided version of, like, an escape Johnny. <laughs> yeah, instead of becoming, like, a pro wrestler or baseball player, he, uh... He, he just becomes, like, a timeline uh, murderer. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, yeah, those are your three options. Become, <laughs> become Kota Ibushi, become Shohei Otani, become evil Shota Aoi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, it, yeah, it's like, he kind of gets the bit resolved at the end, because he was always kind of on the fence when, like, uh you know, the endless uh, Shoto Aoi is able to deliver that final punch and remind Nishikawa of who he was, you know. <laughs> uh, which, let's let's talk about this bitch, Nishikawa! It's like, oh boy, he is, uh, he is certainly a bitch. <laughs> he is, he is cold as ice. Like, the first, one of the first things you see of him is he executes a lieutenant. I am like, what is this early Heisei period stuff doing here? You know? right. Like, I thought this was for kids and not, like, Kamen Rider Black Sun or something. Which, you know, predicts the deaths of uh, bad political people in Japan. Yes, I don't know how that keeps happening. <laughs> I don't know how that keeps happening either, but... Uh, but yeah, you know, he's just, he's just cold and he's at war with the Time Goddess. And as you later find out, it was just for ruining his protege. Yeah, which I'm like, I don't know if it's, like, a fatherly thing, a weird sex thing, because, like, they do- Okay, I meant to bring this up when we talked about the Time Goddess, but, like, they keep trying to hint at some sort of romantic thing between Shota Aoi and the Time Goddess, and I just- I, I'm not sold on it, like, at all. Oh, I'm not either. They they always do that, where, like, hey, we're kind of kind of maybe plant some seeds here with the main character and who gave- him like his powers and i'm just like and then it just never is in fruition or it's like oh these two are just clearly friends yeah it's like it's it's kind of power rangers bad in this one though like well not all power rangers but a lot of power rangers bad yeah it's just like okay like this is definitely maddie and nick like level in fucking uh mystic force (laughs) (laughs) it's just like yeah they certainly put those two together and then, like, it never plays out anyway, because she fucking dies, so, like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, like, the big thing, you know, of course, he was a pop star before the war, which is that, that's kind of a thing, I guess. It's just, you get so stressful from losing your protege, you just start becoming, like, 
a fascist dictator of timelines. Uh, so I guess that's what happens in K-pop? I don't know. Oh my goodness. I've been out yeah. of the scene for over a decade, so, like, I barely have any idea anymore. <laughs> Imagine a K-pop, like, movie like this or something. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, the closest we got was uh, White Curse of the Melody, but, you know, that's more about a haunted pop song and not, you know, <laughs> destroying the timeline and being a fascist dictator group, like, Friendtopia or something. Yeah. <laughs> Friendtopia. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. There's a whole song about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, there's this, because of that, you know, oh, no love left in this heart, which, you know, fine. This is a kid's show. I'm not going to, like, completely roll my eyes at it. Um, and, you know, love defeated him and um, and all that. But Yeah, it's like Shota Ayo used the power of love in this gun he found. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and then we have kind of the honorable mentions, and I was like, the butler and Shota's sister, like, they really, like, there's, they sold you them at the beginning of the show with the, with the opening, but they just, they really never got to do much, and in fact, they never gave his sister a name. Yeah, that's so weird, like, you know, even, she shows up in, like, the first couple of episodes, but she's not even, like, a supporting character the way that, like, um, Usagi's brother is in, like, Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Yeah. Like, even though he doesn't do anything in that either, but, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. he still shows up in most episodes. So I got some, some odds and ends. There was this kind of joke with the Nakamura's because he's played by a uh, veteran common writer actor, uh, Yuichi Nakamura, mm -hmm. who was in, like, Hibiki real briefly at the half that everyone says is the bad half. And he was also the secondary writer in um, Deno. Uh, which is uh, Utah. And uh, so it was very interesting because they were like, I think he like tweeted or something at a voice actor that also shares his name. So they they ended up, I guess, playing with that joke, like like saying, oh, we should collab together because we have the same name and are like, we'll come up in each other's Google searches. So I guess they just allowed them to do that because uh, the voice actor voices yuichi nakamura in the resistance timeline um uh, mm -hmm. but they don't dub over you know uh nakamura's voice in like the time patrol timeline okay yeah and so like what was the other yuichi nakamura in like anything i would be aware of i'm not sure if you're you might be familiar with some of the series he's in because uh well he is in jojo but he's in the golden win he's uh uh bruno okay uh Boroachi, uh he's he shows up uh he's like in one punch man as the common writer uh kind of spinoff moomin writer ironic he's, he's just a yeah, guy who runs around on his bike um and uh he was in macross frontier as um alto who's like the main character and so he's okay. he's definitely been around and done a lot of voice work um, okay but yeah that was that was kind of i guess an interesting little joke they did yeah, they, and they definitely ran with that, um, which made it interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did make it very uh, interesting. And then those weird commercials we got on our tape. Yeah, okay, so, like, I don't know what it was about the rip we got, but we kept getting, like, these weird commercials that weren't taken out. And, like, uh, there was one, there would be these, like, weather bits that would pop up that remind me of that, like, Gallo Sengen video that, like, Kurt shows at um at awesomely bad. bad yeah so yeah. like 
I I don't know what was up with that. That was interesting. And then like this happened a couple of times, but it definitely was in the last episode. Was that the extended version of this ad? But yeah, like it had this ad of like these two like animated schoolgirls like talking about cracking spines and like like in detail talking about cracking spines and like it sounded like they were trying to kill people and then there was also land cables involved and then it turns out it's for a like a pez dispenser or like a like some a toy slash candy similar to that yeah that was so weird yeah like Like, i mean okay i guess you could technically describe like pez dispensers like that because you know you are pulling you know the head back to like get the candy inside but like I don't know. It was it was kind of weirdly violent in a way. <laughs> yeah, it looked like the Pop Team Epic Girls too. Yeah, uh, that that reminds me. Like, why were they? Why were the Pop Team Epic Girls there at the very end? Yeah, that was that was definitely a very weird way to kind of end it because you would think that you would see all the other shows. No, it's the Pop Team Epic Girls. Yeah, and like various timelines, and then one of them is voiced by the. Voice actor who plays Char Absinol on, like, Gundam? Yeah. This is super weird. I'm like, okay, choices were made. I mean, I, it, I don't even know if it was, like, it was supposed to be making me laugh by the end or not. Like. Oh, yeah, it was definitely very funny. But, yeah, that was, that was <laughs> definitely a choice. Um, <sighs> regardless, what, what, what would we say is our verdict of endless love? Uh, well, I had to think about it. I guess. April Fools! April Fools! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if it's not obvious, we were talking about the last episode of this current season of Pop Team Epic that came out. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I got the idea to kind of like, let's actually ad-lib an episode as if it was an actual season. So, yeah, uh, go watch Pop Team Epic on Crunchyroll, because it was certainly an experience. Oh my god, and uh, I, I don't know how TM Revolution still looks the way he does, but he looks amazing, and he's still as beautiful and slutty and chat as ever. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Like, the only thing missing was that one slutty, slutty outfit he wore in the, was it Hot? Hot Limit. Hot Limit, that's it. <laughs> and he could still fit into it. Actually, he looks better in it now because he's like, he does muscle competitions. Ah, so. uh, okay, so he's not looking like a little twink. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's it for this podcast. We'd like to thank Kate Nix for our uh, cool theme song. Currently, her site, katenix.com, is under construction. However, her link tree under I am Kate Nix links you to her bond camp and streaming site, katenix.tv. She has a monthly show, The Lounge, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. If you're wondering if it's an on or off month, you can check her show's Instagram. It's The Lounge. You can watch older episodes on her YouTube channel, Kate Nix. She also has personal accounts that are Zinanak, which is Kate Nick spelled backwards on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok if you want Cool Flair and Winslow, the piano playing cat. We also would like to thank Joe Hunter for our art. Joe Hunter is a comic book artist and has done backups for Radiant Black, a story in Headlock Comics Tales from the Road series, uh, and is currently working on Beast Heart Strikers with co-creator Lan Pitts. He also recently was featured in an anthology, Tales from the Pandemic. You can support him on Patreon at Joe underscore Hunter and Threadless at JoeHunter.Threadless.com. You can find him on Twitter at jo- as Joe underscore Hunter and Instagram as Joe Bloody Hunter. 
I'd like to thank Kurt Yoder, also for the editing. You can find him at Great SG Creations on Etsy and Great SG Pixels on Twitter, where you can find his cool pixel uh, perler artwork. And we'd like to thank him so much for everything he does. Um, you can also find him on the Great SG, where you can also see pictures of, like, say, Blackjack. I totally did not just smooch. I'd also like to thank our $5 patrons. Griffman, thank you so much for your support. If you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash rangersplay. We currently have a monthly Q&A streaming for $5 patrons and early release for all tiers. We also uh, do have a sticker of the month club we would like to launch, but no one's taken that up yet. Uh, and we have some cool sticker ideas, so come support us. It's great. Our wrestler of the podcast is the greatest wrestler of all time. He has won many titles in his time, including the DDT Ironman Heavy Metal Championship. That's right, we're talking about DDT's Yoshihiko. Yes, I am talking about the fucking blow-up doll. Wrestling rolls. Anyway, Ashley, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me online, as always, on Instagram and Twitter at at F. Assuming Twitter is still up by the time we record this. You never know at this point. Um... But you can find me there on Miss Kitty F. Uh, you can also find my link tree on both. Uh, that'll take you to directly to anywhere online you can buy my stuff, including my itch.io account and my store. Uh, it's just ashley-leckwell.square.site. Um, basically, yeah, you can buy my zines, masks, comics, uh, beanies from me there. So, yeah, come check me out. All right. As for me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at VelociRiker. Uh, Instagram, I am private, so you're going to have to send a request for that. I also have store a store on Etsy, Coda's Magical Crafts, where you can get, like, candles and soaps, lip balms, zines, and bath bombs coming soon. And you can also find Ranger Splain on Twitter, which is mostly Ashley's domain, or Instagram, which is my domain, under Ranger Splain. Um, as always, we still have that Patreon, and our website is rangersplain.wordpress.com Another way you can help us um, without having to subscribe to our Patreon or anything is rate us on anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere at this point. Um, so, you know, give us give us a good rating. We also like seeing those comments. Anyway, that's it for rather fake multiverse adventure. Next episode is going to be our actual episodes on Beast Morphers. Stay safe and may the power protect you. Go! Ranger.